To listen to memory card episodes early and ad-free, consider supporting the show via Patreon at patreon.com memcard. Hey there, video game fans. I'm Ben Bertoli. And I'm Push Dustin. And this is Memory Card. Hold on. Wasn't there like a more, more to that intro? <laughs> no, that's it. That's the whole thing. <laughs> what are you thinking that we forgot? I was looking at the, the season seven, episode one intro. So I was like, wait. Yeah, but this isn't the first episode, so we don't have to worry about that. Oh, uh, Push, you're too much. <laughs> well, then, you know, it is that time of the year again when we're recording and um you know we have the holidays and one thing that always like freaks me out about the holidays is like preparing all the gifts for everyone and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and i feel like such an adult whenever i do that because i'm like oh i have to get like presents for my nephews and you know stuff like that and it's just like (laughs) man when i was a kid it was so much easier i just woke up got presents and i was happy do you ever have that thing at your elementary school where you could like go and buy gifts in just some random like empty classroom? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The and they were just kind of like, ho- yeah, holiday marketplace. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like I it's th- like, mom, I I got you this gold necklace, and it's like the <laughs> worst quality. <laughs> I think my parents would give me like ten dollars or something like that, mm-hmm. and then like get like something that was like knockoff quality. <laughs> I distinctly remember getting my mom a uh, wind chime yep. of the highest quality. So that way she could always tell if there's wind coming. Well, um, that actually leads me into my first question, which is, when did you feel like you became an adult? When was the moment that you're like, wow, I'm an adult? Oof. Um, that's a tough one. Right this very second when you just reminded me. <laughs> no. You're old. Uh, you know, it's probably uh, my first year of being a teacher, mm-hmm. fresh out of college. And it was just kind of like, man... Who decided it was a good idea to put me in charge of 30 to 60 children? Children. Yeah, like they all have to listen to me and do what I say or they're supposed to. I guess it kind of hit me along with a wave of imposter syndrome. Like, wow, am I like really old enough to do this? Am I mature enough to do this? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I still have that from time to time. But uh, yeah, how about you? Uh, Well, mine's a little bit sad, I guess. Because um, my dad passed away about nine years ago, mm-hmm. and um, I was in Japan at the time. I got a call like in the morning, like, oh, you know, dad passed away. And then like three hours later, I got another call that was saying like, oh, your mom's in the hospital. Oh, geez. Like she had uh, a heart attack. Wow. You know, basically from the stress of my, of my dad passing away. That was like a really rough 24 hours because like, you know, there's a possibility that I was you know, not going to have any parents. Uh, luckily, my uh, mom survived the heart attack. She had a takotsubo, which is broken heart syndrome, I think it's called. Oh, I see. You know, luckily, she did survive and everything like that. But like, there was um in that moment, I was just like, well, I'm gonna have to deal with like, you know, my, my uh, parents like house, I'm gonna have to deal with like, their state, <laughs> like, because like, actually, um before I left Japan, like my parents were like, oh, yeah, you're you're in charge of the state if you know, if something happens to um, both of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because like i tend to be pretty decent with paperwork and, and figuring all that stuff out mm-hmm. so they're like okay we trust you to handle this stuff in the case <laughs> of like an emergency and not your sister yeah <laughs> <laughs> not my two sisters that's right i kind of grew up like very quickly in that moment you know it took me 24 hours to fly back to the united states you know, obviously very heavy and serious situation but i felt 
more mature. Yeah. Um, I felt like more like, okay, now, now I'm an adult. Like I'm a man now, dad. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it's understandable. It is sad. And I think, you know, you and I have talked uh, about this maybe, uh, off air before. Yeah. It is. It's hard. It's hard to lose uh, a loved one. And uh, maybe not the vibe that people thought they were coming into on this episode. But <laughs> hey, you know, uh, if you've listened to us long enough, y- you know that we uh, we talk a lot about our personal lives. So here and there, we, we drop some spicy deets. Yeah. So Push, how does this uh, tie into what we're talking about today? Well, we're actually um, going to be talking about one of my favorite games for the GameCube, and that's uh, Gifpia. All right, let's get to it. Okay, push. So tell me, tell me about this game because I honestly I do not have a good background on this one. Okay, so I think in the past we talked a little bit about Skip Limited. Like, um, I think we had an episode either in uh, season one or two about Chibi Robo. Right. I was and I wasn't there. You brought on a guest. Yeah. Yeah, I replaced you for that episode. You keep you keep thinking that I abandoned you for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, so yeah, Gift P is, uh, is a game that was developed by Skip Limited, and it was released in 2003 for the GameCube, and it was actually published by Nintendo. Hmm. So um, I think this was like one of the first titles um, that Skip Limited actually uh, released with Nintendo, and like Nintendo was kind of taking a gamble on them. The Skip Limited was comprised of members from the Love De Lick team, mm-hmm. which um, is founded by Kenichi Nishi. So as Love Dalek, they actually released um, three games, the Moon Remix RPG Adventure, which uh, was eventually re-released for the Nintendo Switch, UFO, A Day in the Life, and LOL, Lack of Love. Mm-hmm. They weren't very um, successful, like commercially, but they all have kind of a, a cult status. And so, um, you know, they, they released these three games, and then they form uh, Skip Limited. There is uh, the manager, Hiroshi Suzuki. He actually threatened Kenichi Nishi that if his next project wasn't approved, that he uh, Kenichi Nishi would have to sell his car. <laughs> so, like, they um, nervously appro- approached Nintendo and, um, you know, pitched it and Nintendo accepted it. I think Miyamoto was one of the people who signed on, who, like, really pushed the project forward. And he actually took the producer, uh, the role of the producer for the title. Oh, okay. Initially, like, Kenichi Nishi wanted to work with Yu Saito the uh, creator of Seaman. Oh, right. We've talked about him before, too. Yeah, but Miyamoto was like, no, you got to do this on your own. <laughs> <laughs> no hand-holding. Yeah, Miyamoto want, really wanted to see what Nishi was capable. So the name uh, Giftpia comes from the combination of two words, gift and utopia. And the overarching story is, how do you become an adult? Like, when do you become an adult? What is your role as an adult? Mm. Now I'm understanding our intro a little better. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, these themes were actually kind of inspired by uh, the stories of Native Americans in Nevada, hmm. because like some of those uh, Native Americans, uh, some some tribes, I guess, they partook in a coming of age tradition. That tradition dictates that um, on those on the cusp of adulthood have to go without food or water for four straight days, wandering around and, and thinking about life. Like a spirit journey kind of thing. Yeah, like a spirit journey. You get to the point where you're hallucinating and then you start seeing things which are supposed to be, I think, like the, you know, spirits that are talking to you. Exactly. And so uh, in order to actually better understand this concept, Kenichi Nishi went to the desert 
with Tetsuya Mizuguchi, uh, who was with Sega at the time. And they went into the, the desert, and for a single day, they didn't go without food or water. And they actually began seeing terrifying hallucinations. Oh, no. <laughs> they actually took those hallucinations and incorporated it into Gifpia uh, gameplay. <laughs> because um, the main character of the game, Puckle, he has to uh, eat food throughout the game. And he also needs to go home before the dark, you know, before it becomes dark, or else he'll be subject to the sleep fairy's punishment. Which is like the hallucinations. Yeah, it's like a hallucination. Yeah, after after those experiences, Nishi wondered what it actually means to be an adult. You know, if people reached adulthood when they accepted themselves as as adult adults, rather than just, you know, reaching a certain age. That makes sense. You know, like when you're 20, you don't think of yourself as an adult, maybe. Uh, but some people might. Right. Like, depending on their life experiences, right? Mm-hmm. And some people have to grow up really fast, depending on their, you know, situation at home. Exactly. So the game was marketed as an alternative RPG, just like the other games that Kenichi Nishi worked on. It's not the stereotypical role-playing game. In this game, um, the player takes on the role of Pockle, who I mentioned earlier, and he is a young resident on an island called Nanashi, mm-hmm. which is an island somewhere in the South Sea. The game begins on the day of Paco's coming of age ceremony, which, um, you know, despite being arranged entirely for him, he slept through it and misses it completely. And during uh, his sleep, he dreams about a fairy who uh, delivers a uh, message to Paco. You're um, you're growing up. <laughs> you have to grow up. <laughs> kind of message. <laughs> you need to come help me save Hyrule. Link, please. <laughs> but like during that coming of age ceremony that uh, Paco missed, there was a typhoon and it kind of, you know, destroys parts of the island. And this really upsets everyone. More importantly, the mayor of the island, who is named Mayor. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Mayor decides to arrest uh, Paco. Just because he didn't show up? Yeah, because, um, you know, in order to become an adult, they need to go to this ceremony. And also like the city arranges it. And so it's quite... A huge cost hmm. for the city to arrange it. Right. At first, Puckle has to do community service, uh, which is like picking up trash <laughs> and stuff like that. But because he is uh, in jail and is a minor, his face is blurred for the first part of the game. As you're walking around, you can't see his face at all? You can't see his face. It's, it's completely blurred. Wow. Um, and that's because of, in Japan, when they arrest uh, minors, they can't show their face on TV legally. <laughs> so that, that kind of carried over into the game. That's hilarious. Wow, what an interesting episode. We're going to put things on pause for a moment to briefly explain how you can support Memory Card. If you enjoy our content, you can show your support by leaving positive reviews on your podcasting service of choice. Four or five stars and a few kind words go a long way when it comes to convincing others to give the show a listen. So please do so if you find the time. Spreading the word is also very helpful. If you know anyone who's interested in gaming or history, or both, you should consider sharing Memory Card with them. Every season we strive to reach a wider audience, and you can help. If you're feeling extra supportive, you can head over to patreon.com memcard. Every single one of our patrons gets access to early ad-free episodes. Higher tiers include bonus episodes, shoutouts, stickers, and more. We certainly hope you'll check it out and consider becoming one of our lovely patrons. Once again, that's patreon.com memcard. Hey, Ben, what's our sticker for the season? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. This season, we have a lovely illustration of Gumbo 
the Bull Terrier, wearing a memory card sweatshirt, as drawn by artist Alice Carroll. And it's actually the dog of Jamatar who does the theme for our podcast. Whoa, that's like everything I love. I love dogs, I love sweatshirts, I love Jamatar. That's right, and it's a sticker. Whoa, I can stick it on my phone. <laughs> you can stick it wherever you want, Push. Well, thanks for taking the time to hear us out. Let's get back to the show. Because Puckle missed his coming-of-age ceremony, he has to pay 5 million mane, which is the, the island's currency. Mane is like, could also be translated as like, it sounds like money, <laughs> but it's also like serious mm. in Japanese. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, he starts to have to work off this debt. Eventually, Puckle's girlfriend, whose name is uh, Cappy, uh, she's the daughter of the mayor. She, like, helps convince the mayor to release some of the restrictions on Puckle, so that way he can start to raise money. In the first part of the game, it's a little slow, because you're just, like, doing these odd jobs, trying to, you know, sell fish, fruit, mushrooms, you know, you buy lottery tickets and stuff like that, or complete some um, tasks for the mayor. It sounds kind of like Animal Crossing. Yeah, it's a little bit like Animal Crossing because you have like a time schedule and like NPCs are very loosely on their own time schedule. So, you you know, shops will be open at certain times and stuff like that. You can go fishing. There's a uh, another person who is in the jail called King. And King is a uh, passionate fisherman who cannot catch any fish, <laughs> but he gives you a fishing rod at the very uh, start of the game. The game kind of opens up like very quickly when Polko meets a hippie named Ziggy. So together they drink um, some mushroom soup. And that's when Polko is, you know, met by the mushroom fairy. And Love that guy. He's just like hallucinating this entire time. Like the game, it goes into this really intense blur. They request that like Polko helps other people. Polko gets like a wish bead after helping an NPC in the game. So, like, for example, like, uh, I think for Tao, like his dog, he has to help uh, find a bone for him. And so, like, once he fulfills that wish, that uh, desire from the NPC, he can go and um, complete that wish bead. And then as they complete more and more wish beads, um, they'll allow uh, Puckle to stay awake later and progress this game story and and do uh, more things. So at what point does his face become unblurred? Oh, after after uh, he uh, completes that initial community service. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, man, it'd be kind of <laughs> wild if it was like the whole game and that was the big reveal at the end was like, here's his face. Yeah. <laughs> Hope you like it. <laughs> uh, the game can be quite dark at times uh, if you didn't already get that vibe. Mm-hmm. So there is uh, a two couple. There's a couple in the game uh, called Met and Rumiko, and their story kind of progresses like is one of the overall arching stories of the game where um they're constantly arguing because met has like a gambling problem that leaves uh their son chibita without a father because they just argue all the time there's also a character who is uh transitioning from um male to female and they were on a bar that's another part of the game that's Mm -hmm. like you know you're growing up because you can actually go to this bar (laughs) it's kind of progressive yeah now obviously i don't know how they approach the character but pretty stereotypical japanese which is not not good not not good at all it's it's very yeah i mean well what when did this game come out like early thousands yeah early thousands yeah so i could see how that might not be uh the best representation no despite all this the the game kind of goes crazy at the end (laughs) more crazy than when you meet the mushroom fairy 
Yes. <laughs> it continues wow. to dial things up. So, like, Nanashi, like, uh, the island starts to suffer from an earthquake. Puckle learns about a prophecy where a deity will come to save the island from a uh, disaster. It's called a Tenjin. The prophecy states that the Tenjin will come to the island via an egg hmm. and then eventually transform into a bird and then a dog and then into a human, giant human form. Man, puberty's rough. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, Puckle finds this egg and he grows this Tenjin. And then there's this um, really rich guy who comes to the island named um, Chan. There comes to a point where, like, Puckle can either sell the, the Tenjin or not. You know, if he sells him, then kind of dooms the island. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, like, game over at that point or what? There's, there's, like, a bad ending and then there's, like, a good ending. Oh, okay. I wasn't even sure if there was an ending to this game. I didn't know if it just kind of kept going. Basically, for the good ending, after a volcano begins to erupt... The Tenjin is able to stop a uh, lava flow that saves the island from disaster. And Cappy makes a mark that, um, oh, you're, you're adults now, Puckle. <laughs> <laughs> All it took was you literally saving everyone's lives. Well, and also like um, helping, the, helping other people fulfill their wishes. Right. So at the very end, uh, Cappy and Puckle, they go to a part of the island that's only reserved for adults dating. You know, that shows that Puckle and Cappy are both adults now. Makes sense. So yeah, uh, after Giftpedia, the uh, the team also worked on Captain R Rainbow, which shares a lot of gameplay elements. Like with Captain Rainbow, you're also like fulfilling like people's wishes and desires and stuff like that. So it has like a kind of similar gameplay uh, mechanic. I feel like Captain Rainbow is one that we've also like brought up a ton on the, on the podcast. Yeah. And we've never done a full episode on it. It's just kind of a wacky Wii game uh, following mm -hmm. Captain Rainbow. And he's like on an island with, uh, I wouldn't say disgraced Nintendo characters, but kind of forgotten. Yeah, like forgotten. And it's funny because like Little Mac's on there and, you know, Birdo. And yeah, at the time, Little Mac wasn't wasn't used. Characters that now are more popular than they were. But yeah, actually, I interviewed Kenichi Nishi four years ago or something like that, because this game only came out in Japan. It's only um, available in Japanese. So if you don't speak Japanese, the explanation of, of the story that I just did is probably the most extensive English version of that you're probably going to hear, unfortunately. Right. Was there ever a chance that it was coming to North America? So uh, IGN, like, they actually um, said, you know, Giftpedia is coming out for um, the US or Europe. And they showed, like, a couple screenshots that were, like, somewhat localized. Hmm. But... The game didn't sell that well. Like it sold between fifty to fifty-five thousand, fifty-five thousand within the first three weeks, which isn't a lot. Right. So I asked him. I was like, you know, was there any um, plans, or you know, was it gonna ever happen? And uh, Kenichi Nishi told me it was God's divine will that Gifia didn't get an English release. <laughs> He's he said that you know it wasn't just the cost of translation, but the, the also promotion and the game's lack of market outside of Japan. You know, also because of the numerous features to alcohol, players have to fight a monkey at one point in the game, gambling. It's kind of difficult for the game to re uh, achieve a low age rating, especially outside of Japan. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it is. The localization stuff is kind of weird, especially with those games that are like very Japanese in nature. Yeah, there is actually there is a fan translation done by uh, Kirameki. Uh, they also did this, the fan translation of Captain Rainbow. But uh, unlike Captain Rainbow, Giftpedia's translation is only a translation of the game's script, and it's not a patch that can be applied. So it's not like Mother 3. 
Uh, it's something that you have to kind of like read by the side. Oh, yeah, that'd be kind of a pain. Yeah. I mean, ma major props to the people who did it, but <laughs> yeah, it's like the last thing I, I guess it's like a player's guide, but uh, much more in depth. So hopefully someday um, there can be a patch or an official release of Gipia in English. Mm -hmm. You know, Moon Re Remix RPG just got localized after 20, 22 years. So I guess it's the thing that you can say, like, never say never. Yeah. Uh, Femicon Tante is another one that, you know, was surprisingly localized in English. Now, do you own Gipia? Um, and have you played through a good chunk of it, or is it just kind of like part of the collection? Yes, yes. I've played uh, through a good chunk of it, actually. Yeah, uh, and I enjoyed it. Like, it's, it's a really nice kind of chill game. Like, you do get some Animal Crossing vibes, but it's um, it's much more story-driven, obviously. Right. It sounds like maybe it's a little more interactive in, in places and, like, yeah. wacky. I mean, it's very Animal wacky. Crossing has silliness, but, like... The um, there's a character in Gifpia who, who uh, is called Mapo. He is a robot character, mm -hmm. and he would go on to reappear in Captain Rainbow, and I think he also appears in uh, Chibi Robo. Oh, okay. So like Gifpia is is the first uh, appearance of that guy. I hate reading Mapo's text because um, it's all in katakana, which is like the the one of the alphabets for Japanese. So instead of using like the Chinese characters, it just uses like straight alphabet characters, which makes it a little bit difficult to read sometimes. Now, is that a little bit difficult to read because Japanese is your second language, or is it that just like a like nationwide harder to read for most people? It's probably more difficult for me just because Japanese is my second language. Mm -hmm. But like, it, just imagine like all the words being without spaces in English. Oh, gosh. Yeah, and then just like no capitalization or anything like that. So you're like trying to figure out like where the words end. Um, that would be like, I guess, a comparative make do they have him speak that way because it like gave him more of a robotic feel yeah exactly uh it sounds sounds harsher hmm. it, uh, when you like read it oh, okay um japanese has like all these different styles that you can write things in because there's four different alphabets right sure <laughs> <laughs> you can kind of give characters more personality by using different alphabets and certain points and stuff like that and each person has their own way of writing and um you know just like in english is every child in japan versed in all four different alphabets uh, eventually yeah um so like you know you typically learn hiragana first and then katakana and then you learn kanji hmm. and romaji is um taught at a young age i think by middle school it's a lot yeah it's a lot <laughs> but <laughs> anyway I, uh, nishi kind of um in the end he says it's up to each individual person to decide when they become an adult you know, we'd love to hear your stories on when did you become an adult. Hit us up on Twitter at Mem Card Show and let us know. Yeah, we want we want you to spill your deepest darkest secrets, <laughs> but they gotta they gotta be uh, somewhat somewhat you know keep them PG PG thirteen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, that was Gift Pia. Any any final thoughts? You know, I just it, it just kind of like is amazing to me the amount of games that I'm unaware of or mm -hmm. maybe just have like a very light knowledge of that are out there that are still so appealing to me, especially from Nintendo. There's just like every time I go online, I feel like I discover some new part of their library that I just had no idea, Yeah, you know, or like a spinoff to some game that never came out in the United States. There are times when I'm like a little worried that, you know, we're going to run out of content for memory card. 
And then, <laughs> and then I stumble upon games like this that are, you know, for Nintendo, for PlayStation, for the arcade, whatever. And I just think like, wow, we've got coverage for years. <laughs> no problem. Oh, yeah. There's always uh, more and more obscure titles. Like, that's the thing about video games is that, like, you know, even though, like, Gifpia wasn't successful, it was still made. It has a unique artistic vision that I think needed to be done with video games. Like, um, with, with video games, like, you just have so many options to play. Like, whatever experience you want, you can try to find it. Right. Um, and I think that's, like, the one of the beautiful parts of a video game. And it's just kind of thrilling that someone had this vision and they were able to find the funding to find a team to put together to like, you know, make it a reality. And the fact that it never made it to the United States, the fact that it may have not sold as well as, you know, Nintendo would have hoped, I don't think takes away from the fact that it was completed. It was completed and there's, you know, lots of hardcore fans out there who still love the game and still talk about it every day. That's all for now. Thanks for listening. Our intro and outro music was crafted by talented chiptune composer Jamatar. You can find more of his bangin' beats by searching Jamatar, that's J-A-M-A-T-A-R, on Spotify or visiting Jamatar.com. If you have any feedback on the podcast or would like to recommend a topic, feel free to reach out to us via Twitter, at MemCardShow. Or you can visit our website, MemoryCardShow.com. If you'd like to follow Ben and I, we can be found at SuperBentendo and at PushDustin, respectively. Have you considered supporting Memory Card on Patreon? If not, we hope you will. Currently, we're supported by quite a few awesome people, all of which get access to early, ad-free episodes. These people include Jackson Bertoli, Taylor Bias, Cody Sam, Michael Strickland, Harrison, Jorge Bajija, Manuel Vitella, Shala, Sandra L., Brandon Hanabarger, Sean Marafini, and Nick Callis. All of our Patreon info can be found on the support section of our website or on patreon.com slash memcard. We'll be back really soon with some more gaming history goodness, so be sure to subscribe and leave a review if you've enjoyed the show. We'll see you soon.